Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders. Tuesday mornings with First Seder Bis Medrash. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners of Be'ez HaShem be joining the Shir. And uh, this series of Shurim has been sponsored by Rabbi Yitzhak Saflis of Bottom Line Marketing Group. Is a schus for his family and for all of the listeners. So we're continuing our series of the great Bali Musar. Last week we talked about Rabbi Sol Salanter. We're now going to go to his Talmud, his prim- primary Talmud, Reb Itzel Petterberger, as he's called. Reb Yitzchak Blazer was his name, and he was from the city of Petterberg, Petterberg St. Petersburg, and that's why he's called Reb Itzel Petterberger. He was Nifter in the year 1907, Yud Aleph Menachem Av. Now, his father's name was Reb Shloima Lipolis. Now, <clears throat> it's not clear that that was a last name. We found many times throughout our shiurim that someone is like referred to as his father's son or his or his father-in-law's. So it could be his father-in-law's name was like Lippa or something like that. And he was called Lipless, the one who belongs to Lippa. Um, the last name Blazer, which Rabbi Yitzchak used, it doesn't seem that he used till later on in life. Um, could be they just didn't have last names at the time. And uh, could be when he needed to leave uh, Lithuania to go to Prussia, he had to take on a last name. And for whatever reason, um, he took on that name. The first time we find him signing a letter um, is from uh, Prussia with the name Rebitzak Blazer Yelid Vilna, as we'll see in a moment. His father, in the Sefer Pri Yitzchak, he refers to his father as Harav HaMufluk B'Taira, the Rav who is um, wondrous in Taira, in Yerashamayim, Tzadik, righteous, Tamim, complete, Meireinu Rav Shleimai, Miyakire Ir Vilna, from the Choshava, prominent people in the city of Vilna. Ein HaMokim L'saper, Ein HaMokim Poy L'saper, he says, this is not the place for me to talk about his actions and his perfection, because it's, it's uh, endless to talk about him. So that's how he refers to his father. And he says, My mother's name was Ita. And he talks about his brothers. His brother, Rabbi Yaakov, was a rav in the city called Shirvent. And his other brother was named Avram Abli Zatzal. And he writes over there, now this he's writing in Tuf Reish Mem Aleph, which is 1881. So he's all of uh, about 35 years old. Uh, 45 years old, I'm sorry. And he writes, At this point, I'm the only one left from my father. His two brothers were Nifter Young in his lifetime. Now, Rabbi Tzalah HaKayim from Vilna, one Dayanim of Vilna, in a letter to Rabbi Tzal, writes about his father, Rabbi Shleimai, Mar Aviv Harav HaMuflag Bataira, again, one who was great in Taira, V'yira, Yirei Elikim Ma'ayid, he feared God immensely, Marein Rav Shleimai, that's how he referred to him. So his father was a very chash of a person, in the, again, in the preface of Pri Yitzchak, he writes, Yushalayim. At the end of his life, he traveled to the holy city of Yerushalayim. He lived there for eight years. And that's where he passed away. 
Now he is buried in Harazetzim, and he is buried right above Reb Shmuel Salant. Reb Shmuel Salant is younger than him, and if they're much later, um, but he's buried right uh, above Reb Shmuel Salant. I was like to be at his kever um, the last few times I was in Eretz Yisrael in that section on Harazetzim. So Rebitzel was born. Rishchidish uh, Adar, Tov Kuf Tzadizayin. So Rishchidish Adar that year was actually a leap year. It doesn't say Adar Aleph or Adar Beis, but today is a Rishchidish Adar. Good and to everyone. So he was born Rishchidish Adar of Tov Kuf Tzadizayin, 1837. Now last week we mentioned that in the year Tov Reish, in the year uh, 1840, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter um, came to Vilna. So when Rebitzel, we mentioned this last week as well, was about 11 or 12 years old, he learned by Rabbi Yisrael Salanter together with his Chavrusa, Renaftali Amsterdam, one of the other primary Tamidim of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, who was a bit older than him, was about 18 years old. Now Renaftali Amsterdam told Rebitzel's son, Reb Shleima, later on in life, that in that period of time, when he was learning there with him, um, Rebitzel learned Torah He learned Torah under under uh, very extreme situations. He didn't have food. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure where you know where his house was, where his parents were, but um, he didn't have food. They would eat what the women brought to the base Hamedrash. And if there were times, and it happened that the women, for whatever reason, did not bring food to the base Medrash for them to eat, so Rebitzel didn't even realize, and he would continue to learn till late at night. Um, without being, without realizing that he didn't have food. Now, in the year of Tafresh Tess, 1849, as we said last week, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter left Vilna. However, Rabitzel continued to learn, and he became famous as an Eloi, as someone who is a, 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 a genius. And at the age of 15, he uh, got married to his wife, Chaya Reza, the daughter of Reb Shmuel Valk from Vilkemir. Vilkemir Vil- Vil- is uh, not far from Vilna. And um, Reb Shmuel Valk is a grandson, uh, a descendant of the Sma, of the Sma. We talked about the Sma a long time ago. Um, his name was Valk, and it's the same, the same name. And after he got married, Rebitzel lived in Vilkemir for a little bit. Um, in pre-Yitzchak, Chelek Aleph, Simen Yud Gimel, he writes to Rebbe Alexander Sender Hakayin, who is the author of a sefer called Shalmei Nidorim, Amasech Nidorim. And he writes, Niskarti Bital Yoldusi, I remember when I was very young, Danti Tarasa. He says, I remember I talked about this sugya in front of you. Now Rebbe Alexander Sander was older than him, he was a uh, the Reish Bezdin in Vilkamir at the time. So this young uh Tamil Chacham would talk to the Reish Bezdin in learning, and he continues, and not only with you, Rabbi Yosef Zalmi Vilkamir, and Rabbi Yosef also from Vilkamir. He is the author of a sefer called Ikre HaKarbonus. He was also a judge, a dayan in Vilkemir. So you see that uh, Rebitzel would talk in learning with the Rabbanim of Vilkemir. In the Haskama that he wrote, Rebitzel wrote to a sefer called Hafla Shebe Erechin. And Masech Erechin, the author is someone named Reb Chaim Rabinovich. So Rebitzel writes, Mital Yaldusi Hikarti. He says, when I was, already when I was young, I um, was acquainted with the author of the Sefer, Be'esha Yinu Be'amuna Yachta Be'kak Vilkamir, when we were together and we learned together in the city of Vilkamir. So we know he was in the city of Vilkamir young. Again, he got married young at the age of 14 or 15. He got married young. And uh, he was there for a little bit, but after some time, 
he went to learn in Kovna by Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Yisrael Salanter, as we said last week, had left Vilna, went to Kovna, and he went to learn by him. Now, when Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was in Memel, if you remember last week, he went to Memel in Tafresh Ches, Keser. He went to Memel, and while he was in, he was first in Kenningsburg, then went to Memel, and in Memel we said last week that he decided to make like a uh, periodical called Hatvuna, where he had Shtiklach Torah from a lot of the Gedolim, so he needed someone to help him with the work, and he called Rabbi Zopetterberger to come to Memel to help him. This could be the point where he changed, he, he, he adopted a last name, because he had to leave Lita, Lithuania, to go out. Memel was in uh, Prussia, in uh, the German region over there. Um, after that, he was there for a bit of time, and he went back to Vilna, and he decided that he's going to earn a living. He's not going to be a rub or anything. That's what he felt was important. He decided he's going to learn some type of trade to earn a living. Like he writes about his Rebbe, Rebbe Salanter. He writes in the Nesivais R, page Nunzayin, he writes that my Rebbe, Asher Hechzik Peshitas HaRambam. My Rebbe held like the opinion of the Rambam in Masech Ta'avis Perek Dalid, She'ein l'tamechacham lehanis mikvay teras. Tamechacham should not benefit from his Torah, he should have a trade. So therefore, he felt he should do the same thing, and he decided to learn the trade of dyeing wool. And he felt that it wasn't so time-consuming, you give him time to learn, um, the sales of this, the, the, the farmers would only come into the big cities a few times a week and bring the wool, so he'd have plenty of time to learn. So he started learning this trade, and one day Rabbi Saul Salanter came to Vilna to visit his son-in-law, Rabbi Leo Eliezer Grzynski, the father-in-law of Rabbi Chaim Eliezer Grzynski, who was the Rav of Vilna. And when in the Reb, uh, Reb Itzel came to tell him what was going on, and he heard what Reb Itzel's plan was, he told him it's a nice idea, and there's still time for such things, but go back to Kovna and return to your learning. So to, a few years later, a couple years later, in Tafresh Chavbeis, the um, the capital city, or there were two capital cities, as we mentioned a lot of these details in the Shir on Reb Chai in Berlin, um, before Yantif time, before Sukkis, um, there was uh, Moscow and there was Saint Petersburg. So the uh, city of Saint Petersburg um, was looking; it was a nice-sized Jewish community. Five thousand Yidden were there, and they were looking for a rav. And Rabbi Saul Salanter got wind of it, and he told them, you should choose my Talmud, who at that time was only 25 years old, and this was a big Rabbonus, but he felt it was important for him, for he, this was his place. And uh, so they, they, they offered him the Rabbonus, and he took it. And when he got to St. Petersburg, to Petersburg, he was surprised that Rabbi Saul Salanter was there waiting for him, as the Kabbalah upon him, his Rebbe had gone and said to him, Mazel tov, Petterberger Rav, Mazel Tov to the Rav of Petterberg, and that gave him a lot of confidence and chizuk that his Rebbe had, that he, 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 you know, he went ahead of him, and he was there to, um, to greet him. In Petterberg, he found a city that uh, was not at all in any order. He had to make a lot of takanas, especially when it came to chinuch, to education, Shabbos, Kashros, Dinei Ishos, um, the same thing Rav Chaim Berlin was de- dealing with at the time. This was the end of the Cantonist um, decree. And there were a lot of these uh, burly soldiers who were Jews who knew nothing about Judaism. And they needed some type of system to help them in Yiddishkeit. In St. Petersburg also, he got involved in communal work of dealing with the government. 
and many times Rabbi Saul Salanter, or sometimes Rabbi Salanter, who would come to St. Petersburg for these types of things, he would stay in Rabitzel's house, and at that time, actually, Rabitzel would serve him like a slave to his master. He would even take off his shoes for him. Even though he was the Rav of St. Petersburg, of Petersburg, of Big Rabbanus, his Rebbe came, he served him like an avid. Um And, in, and uh, he was also, at times, the messenger of Rabbi Saul Salanter to do things in the government. And in fact, in those years, in Tafresh Chavhei to Tafresh Chavzayin, um, a lot of decrees were rescinded, um, partially as a result of Rabitzel getting involved. Um, another reason why perhaps Rabbi Saul was, was happy that he was there, Rabbi Saul Salanter had a son who went to university. He was first in Kenningsburg, and that may be a reason why Rabbi Saul stuck around in Kenningsburg the first time, to keep an eye on him. And then he was in St. Petersburg, and uh, he wanted, he asked Rabitzel to keep an eye on him to make sure he remains, uh, you know, it was not the, uh, the, the common thing, it was more like a Ma'askala type of thing to go to university. Um, now this son actually was Nifter at 30 years old in Tafresh Lamedhei, and Rabbi Salanter would send messages to Rabitzel every once in a while asking how his, his son is doing. And three months after he was Nifter, he sent and he asked, how's my son doing? So Rabitzel sent him back a, a message in code, basically, and he said, it's been three months since he hasn't eaten past palter. Uh, there was no way of getting kosher, I'm not sure to say kosher, bread that was baked by a Jew, we call Pas Yisrael. Everyone there relied on the um, heter of eating Gaisha bakery bed, Pas Palter. So he told him it's been three months since he, he ate Pas Palter. Now since Rabbi Yisrael knew there was no way to get Jewish bread there, he understood his son had passed away. Rabitzel was an unbelievable darshan in the shoals throughout the city. There's a gigantic shul in St. Petersburg, but that was built after Rabitzel left. Um, but throughout the, uh, the, the, the shuls, and he would teach them, people had a lot of doubts in Amuna at the time. This was Russia under the Tsar. He would teach them and say, if you learn Chumash with Rashi, it helps to answer all Sveikas, all doubts in Amuna. Now there were a lot of Maskilim, uh, like all the big cities, and they were not happy with him. The main maskil in St. Petersburg was someone named Yehuda Leib Gordon, or otherwise known as Leon Gordon. And he used to make a lot of trouble for Rabitzel. And he had a newspaper, Hamelitz, and he would write against him all the time. One time he was even Mavazahim Birabim and Shul on Shavuot's morning. But he dealt with it. Now, one of the main parts of the Rabbonus in St. Petersburg was arranging Gitin, valid divorces for ladies. Especially, there were a lot with Askala and all types of things, people were assimilating, going off the derech, they even became Christians, and Rav Itzel would work on getting gitin for their wives, he would even go into the, um, the uh, Christian uh, seminaries, uh, monasteries, to go talk to Jews who unfortunately went off to get gitin, to make a get for their women, for their wives. And the get, gitin for these type of people who unfortunately went off the derech, Brought, there were many Shilas, and there's a lot of response on Chuvas between him and Reb Chaim Berlin, who was in Moscow. It's interesting, if you remember in the Shur Reb Chaim Berlin, Reb Chaim Berlin wrote to Rabitzel and says, I wish I had your Rabbanus because you have so much time to learn, it's so easy, you're so calm, and here in Moscow, I'm so busy from, from, from morning to night. And I don't know, when you go through Rabitzel's life, it sounds like he was extremely busy himself. So it's just an interesting, uh, interesting uh, Ha'ara. But um, he wrote to Reb Chaim Berlin, and they had Reb Chaim Berlin had similar things in Moscow that he dealt with. In Chelik Beis of Pre Yitzchak in Simon Mem, he talks about 
someone who changed his name to a secular name, a Goyish name, and his Hebrew name that he was given at birth was totally forgotten, no one ever used it. What do you do in a get? Which name do you write? And he writes there, And this was a Shiloh that came up many, many times, because this is unfortunately what was going on. He has chuvas about how to write certain names to the great Gedali Hadar, the Baal Shoyu Rabbi Yosef Shal Natanzin, in Simon Membez, um, he has a chuva to him. In Simon Men Gimel, he has a chuva to the Malbim. In fact, the Malbim spent some time in St. Petersburg, and while he was there, Rebitzel would talk to him about Hilchas Gitin and Shemus, and he would always go to him and ask him, and he told someone afterwards, most of the time, I ready, I got the answer right. I really didn't need the Malbim. Sometimes um, he said differently than me, and I really didn't hold like that. But since I asked the Malbim, I'm going to uh, follow his, his, his psak. And he said, really, I didn't have to go to the Malbim. But I, he was working that he shouldn't have any um, feelings of covet, of honor, of gaiva. If the Malbim, who is a big rub, is here, I'm going to go to him, ask my Shailas, and to listen to whatever he says. That was like his avoidas, part of his avoidas hamusser. There are chuvas from Chaim Berlin to to uh, to the Rebitzel. There's a sefer called Avas Kedumim that has many letters from uh, Reb Chaim Berlin to 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 Rebitzel. Um, it's interesting. One Shiloh Reb Chaim Berlin talks about is, for example, the city Petterburg. Petterburg is is Saint Peter, and Berg actually means city. Berg in Russian means city. So Peterburg means the city of Peter. So the question is, in the get, do you have to write St. Petersburg Massa, which means the city of St. Petersburg, or since the name Petersburg already says city of Peter, so maybe you don't have to write that. And Rukhaimelin says, of course you do, even though it means city, it, it gets into the name. Rivers have the same thing. He writes over there, numerous rivers, that the name of the river has river in its name. But you still have to write Nahar, that it's a river, because once it becomes its name, it becomes his name. That was just an interesting... Uh, Interesting Shiloh that they talked about. Um, he had many responses with Rabbi Tzal Kain from Vilna, we mentioned before, um, the author of the Rashis Bikurim. And um, in Simon Memhei, there's a tshuva to Rabbi Naftali Amsterdam, how to write the letter Tzadi in a get. And um, he writes, Rabbi um, Reb, Tzal writes, This is how I write it here. And also when Rabbi Morena Rabbi Tzalahakayin was here, together we arranged a number of gitin. And we were very, very careful in all the words of the get. And he never mentioned anything that I should write it differently. So I would assume that in Vilna, that's how they're accustomed to do it as well, the way I do it. Um, and that's what he was telling Ramtali Amsterdam what to do. Like I said, he has many chuvas with Ramtali Amsterdam. Ramtali Amsterdam was a rav in the city of Novgorod in in Russia, um, and also in Helsinki in Finland. And uh, he has many chuvas to him. Um, in a letter that's brought down in the Sefer Kaichvayar, page Reish Lamed, um, Rav Naftali writes to Rabitzel, Haget Sadarti Kasher Kosov Kdaitarasai. I did the get exactly like you told me to do. Lechasarti Dover, I didn't miss anything. Mikol Asher Kosov. He says, Amnan, however, I'm not doing it because I'm 100% sure that you're right. He says, Because I have questions and I have things to say on everything that you wrote me. 
He says, however, the reason I did it, the reason I did it is because you told me this is how you always do it. And he says, since you are in the capital city and all the cities around you follow you, that's called the minhag. And if that's the custom, I'm going to follow the custom even though I haven't really 100% understood clearly um, exactly what the Shiloh was over there. That's in the letter, but that's how he saimich and he relies. Remember, Naftali was six years older than Rebitzel, right? When he was 12, he was 18, they were learning together. But he sort of um, felt himself like a Talmud. In uh, Pre-Yitzchak, there's also... Um, this tshuva is in Simon Memalif in Chelik Alef Simon Memalif in in uh, in Pri Yitzchak. Now, Reb Naftali eventually left his rabbonis in Helsinki, and he went back to Kovna to learn. And at that time, Reb felt he needed like an assistant, so he arranged with the government to hire Reb Naftali as a dayan in Petersburg, and he would travel back and forth. And he was there for about two years from Tafresh Lamed Vav to Tafresh Lamed Ches. In a letter that's in Kaich Viyar Kuf page Kuf Pe'alif, uh, Rebitzel writes to him and he says, According to what you told me, you planned on staying for a while in your house, I guess in Kovna, after Yontif for a little bit. He says, but I'm asking you if you could please come back immediately after Yontif, I have many things that I have to talk to you privately about, so please come back. Now, since Renaftali went back and forth to Kovna, he served as a messenger for Rabitzel to ask questions in Kovna. For example, um, um, in a letter that's dated Rishchaydish Cheshvan, Tafresh Lamedalid, Rebitzel writes in a Novach Bishaila, Minyan Chalitza, was about a Chalitza, I don't know what to do. He says, I'm asking you, please ask Morona Gaivid, the Rav of Kavna, Rebitzel Kachan Inspector. And there's also another letter from Nocham Yehuda, the Rabbin in Navigrad, which I guess after Reb Naftali, that um, Rebitzel, I guess he had left, uh, he had gone to Kavna, and Rebitzel had asked him to ask about a certain, about a mikvah from Rebitzel Kachanan. And over there, there's also the Tshuva, the Rebitzel Kachanan. Um, answered back to uh, to to Rebitzel. He has shuvas to Rav Shlomo Kluger. He has shuvas to the Beis Halevi, Chelik Beis Simon Lamed. Um, in Chelik Beis Simon Zayin and Ches, he writes a shuva to Echad Migdoli Hazman, one of the great people of the generation, and that is the Binyan Shlomo, Rav Shlomo Akayin. And in fact, in Binyan Shlomo Chelik Beis Reish Sadi Zayin, he writes back to Rebitzel. Reblazer Gordon, Reblazer tells her, as he's called, in Shuvas Reblazer, Chelik Beis, Simen Chav Beis, there's a big contrast about Mila, that he sent her a bitzel, and in Pri Yitzchak, Chelik Aleph, Simen Chav Tes, there's a Shuva, Techacham Echad Migdeli Hazman, that's referring to this contrast, and then Reblazer has another contrast, a part two, back to him. In the Hungarian Shuvas Svarim, Gedeli Hungary, there's also Shuvas to Rebitzel, so he was accepted all around him, Klai Yisrael. He also what's is called what they say the Sar Hamaskim. Sar Hamaskim is a person, the one who gives a lot of haskamas, approbations to Svarim. He gave a lot of haskamas to Svarim being printed at the time. Now in his Hakdama to to uh, Priyitzchak, he writes Petterberg Asher Yisa Shisha Shama Shisha Asher Shanim. I was in Petterberg for sixteen years. Leravul Lemaira that I was the Rav and the teacher there. What happened in Tafresh Alamet Zayin? which is 1877, 
um, suddenly he made an announcement that he's leaving his Rabbanis and going back to Kovna. And one of the reasons was the Maskilim who were making him crazy there. And they were very happy that he was leaving. His son-in-law, Nakdamat Techelik Beis of Priyitzchak, writes, Inyin HaGitin, his, the Inyan of Gitin was one of the reasons that he left his Rabbanus. It was all-encompassing and very hard. And in Hagdamata Priyitzchak, which he wrote actually a few years later in Tafresh Mem Aleph, he writes about printing Divrei Taira, and he says, you know, you have to be careful when you print Divrei Taira, you're not doing it for your own covet. So he says, I can tell you I'm not doing it for covet. I'll bring a proof. He says, the Rabbanus that I had in the capital city, that I had, that I could could have stayed there for many, many years. I had it, and I sent it away. If I left that covet, and I decided to live the life of a, sing, a, a regular person, not another Rabbanus, he says, why, would I, why do you think that I would put out Torah for covet? He says, I had all the covet, and I gave it all away. So that's a very interesting thing that he writes. So he returned to Kovna, and to go to the Kovna Kailal that we mentioned last week, that had been established by Rabbi Sol Salanter and Rabbi Tzikachon Inspector. His wife opened up a tavern there and um, served wine and schnapps, and sometimes he would even help her. He was the waiter. He would serve these Gaish, uh, uh farmers and, and people. He would serve them their, uh, their schnapps. But he learned in the Kailal, toiling in Tyra, and in a letter that he wrote to Rav Rosenfeld, the Rav of St. Louis, late 1800s, and he says, from the time that I left my Rabbanus, I do not paskin halacha lemaisa. There's also over there a tshuva that was sent to him from Baltimore, from a shaykhit, who had gotten Kabbalah from him in, in, in Petterburg, and there was a shaila in Shechita, and he wanted to ask him this shaila um, from Baltimore. We don't think we have the tshuva back to him, we just have the letter that this shaykhit wrote from Baltimore to Rebitzel in when he was in Kovna. In Tafresh Chavav, so we're going back a few years, um, long before his, a uh, few years after he started Rabbanus in Petersburg, is when he put together his first chalik of pre-Yitzchak, his chuvas. And he actually got haskamas at the time from Rabbi Shlomo Kluger and from the Sholem of Rabbi Yishev Shal Natanzen. And he writes in his Akdama that he got haskamas michutz Medina from two Rabbanim that are outside of our country of Russia and Lithuania. Why? Um, Rav Ruderman said, the Baltimore Roshiva Ruderman said that he had a Kabbalah, that he heard that the reason was that he felt if he took Haskamas from people in the country, they would write about him titles that he didn't feel was proper. They would write all these accolades and honors. So he decided to only take two Haskamas from people outside his country that he thought maybe didn't know him so well. However, this is in Tav Reish Chavav, so this is 1866, but he didn't print the Sefer until Tav Reish Mem Aleph, 15 years later. And in fact, Rabbi Yosef Shal in Shalom Eshev Tlisa, Chelek Aleph, Simen Mem Gimel, and he writes at the end of the Tshuva, he says to him, he says, I'm wondering, how come you haven't told me about your Sefer that you printed that I gave Askam on it? Like, where is it? Um... And in fact, when he actually printed the Sefer, under Rabbi Yosef Shal's Haskama, he put this little piece and he says that Rabbi Yosef Shal sent me in a letter wondering, like, what happened to the Sefer? I gave you Haskama and you never told me that it was printed, because Ataka wasn't printed. And like we said before, it seems that he didn't want to print it because he was afraid of COVID and things like that. 
However, he writes, so why did he end up printing it? He says, because at that point, he says, I don't have any children. I'm not giving up hope, he says, because Hashem could still give me children. Again, this is Tafresh Mem Aleph. So he, this is uh, 41. He was about 40, 44, 45 years old at this point. And he says, Of course, Hashem could do anything. But I feel at this point, I'm going to put out, that's why he called it pre-Yitzchak, the children, the fruit of Yitzchak, because he didn't have any children. Um, in Tafresh Mem, he became the Rosh of the, the head of the Kavna Kailo. Kavna Kailo was out to produce Tamid Chachamim, Rabbanim in Klai Yisrael. So that's in uh, 1880. In 1882, two years later, Slabodka Yeshiva was opened by the altar of Slabodka, and Rabitzel supported it very much, not only in, in, in Ruchnius, but also uh, monetarily he helped it out. In the beginning, he gave some shurim in the Yeshiva. In Tafresh Mem Gimel, he decided that he's going to take a group of the best Tamid Chachamim in Slabodka Yeshiva and take them out, and he's going to work with them. And he made it take a, took a bismedjish right near his house. He took about 30 of the best of the yeshiva, and he worked with them, each one of them privately and personally. And Rabbi Shraga Feivel Frank was a great, uh, was a uh, was a um, one of the big Taimchei Taira at the time, the father-in-law of Rabbi Zalman Meltzer and Rabbi Shemarotchei Epstein. Um, so he um, he when he when he was nifter, his almana gave the upstairs of her house, Lezeich HaNishpas, her husband, that these Talmidim should learn over there. The great Talmidim was, one of them was Reb Doiv Tzvi Heller. Doiv Tzvi Heller was my father-in-law's grandfather. He was later the Mashkiach Katan of Slabotka. He is actually the father-in-law of Reb Yankiv Kamenetsky, the father-in-law of Reb Avrom Grzinski, Hashem Yikayim Damay. Um, the Alter for Nevardic was one of the Talmidim of, of that group, Reb Leib Chasman, later Rosh Mashkiach in Hebron in, in Eretz Yisrael, and others as well. So he may not have been a Rav, he called himself a simple person, but he was building Tyra for Kla Yisrael. Reb Chaim Oizer, in the, a letter in the beginning of pre-Yitzchak, Helek Beis, writes, Im Lesaper told us Yitzchak, I'm going to tell you all about Reb Yitzchak, Ma'pua, what he did, Yisrael. He made sure Tyra was not forgotten from Kla Yisrael. Eidim Heimahamaistos, the these institutions are a testimony. They testify. Hamoisas and Iskovis, these unbelievable institutions, Kailo Prushim, that's the Kavna Kailo, the Yeshivas in Kavna, in Slabodka, Asher Yastan, he made them, Tabchan Vigidlan, he was involved in them, he, he raised them, Beroiv Amal, with a lot of toil, Umasar Nafshe Alem, and he gave up and he gave over his life for them. The altar from Navardic, his his uh, it's known later on in, in life, his his way he did was he spread out yeshivas and, and kailim throughout Russia. And when he had this idea of just taking yeshivas all over every shtetl, have a yeshiva, he went to Rabitzel, his rabbi, and he told him the idea, and Rabitzel told him, Don't do yeshivas immediately, start with Kailim. And he started putting Kailim all over Litha and Russia and all the Shtetlach. Um, and uh, this is how Tyra got spread in all these small cities. And Rabitzel had a had a fund that he uh, a monetary fund that he helped support these Kailim. And of course, he gave a great stress in all of his places, in Slabodka, in Kavan, all of these places, and Musser. He was the one, the Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael, who carried on the flag of Musser, especially after Rabbi Yisrael's Petira in Tafresh Mem Gimel. And in fact, he was Zaycha. The Rebetzin said one Friday night she saw this big bright light in the house. 
Rabitzel's rabbit's in, and she thought there was a fire. And Rabitzel told her, Don't worry. He said in Yiddish, Garnish pasirt. Nothing happened. Now the Rebbe is coming. My Rebbe has come in. Rabbi Zalantra had come after his patira to Rabitzel. It was like a normal thing, so to speak. I don't know if it happened more than once, but that's what he said. You don't have to worry about it because he was the continuation of Rabbi Zalantra and the Musr movement. He made sure that there was a Matseva on Rabbi Yisrael, the first Matseva on Rabbi Yisrael's Kever, three years after his Petira. Again, remember, it was in Kenningsburg. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't family there. There weren't people there. It, wasn't, it, was, it, was, it was off the beaten track. Now, in the year Tafresh Memhe, 1885, after 34 years of marriage, him and his wife did not have children. And his wife told him, please divorce me. It doesn't pass for such a great person like you to not have any descendants. Divorce me and marry someone else. And he didn't want to, but she insisted. She said, I'm going to Eretz Yisrael. My father's there. And he gave her money to buy a, a, an apartment in Eretz Yisrael. He divorced her and she went up to Eretz Yisrael. And he would send her from time to time money, actually. She would send back receipts with, with great um, titles that she wrote about her former hus- husband. He got married in his second zivug a year later in Tafresh Memvav, the Amona Chayarasha Shatskis. That was her married name. She came from a family, Adelson, from Vilna. And she came with uh, three, cho- um, three sons and one daughter. Uh, four children, four little children, actually. Um, her youngest son, was. she went into labor at her husband's Levaya, and it was named after her husband. She was 25 years old, and Reb Itzel was 50 years old. But he said, I'm going to take care of your children like a father, and they did not know the difference. And here he was, can you imagine? He was the Rav of Petterberg, he was building Tyra, and all of a sudden, he's carrying his three-year-old stepson on his shoulders through the streets of Kavna to his cheder, uh, to his Upsharin, and so on and so forth. This was a common thing. He treated them, got down on the floor, played with them, everything, like he was their father. He was Zeicha that she, he had with his wife, four children, three daughters and one son. All eight children were considered one family. In the year Tafresh Samach Aleph, so this is uh, 1901, he got a letter from Yerushalayim, from the Tzitz HaKodesh, and from Rabbi Yisrael Chaim Zonneveld, that they're inviting him to come to Yerushalayim, to Chotzer Strauss, and to uh, help lift up Karen Atayra in Yerushalayim. So in Tafresh Samach Beis, he sold his house in Kovna, getting ready to go to Eretz Yisrael, and he went to Vilna to arrange some things, Reb Chaim Oyser and the Chavetz Chaim told him, and they begged him, please, not to leave Europe, not to leave them. And he decided to stay a little bit. He didn't have a house. He stayed in Vilna. And in Vilna at that time, there was a, uh, uh, an organization called Machzike Hadas, which had been set up to help, uh, help strengthen Torah in Russia and in Lita. And he became the head of that, and he was involved in Chinuch and all different things for two years in Vilna. And after two years... He left Lita and Tafresh Samach in 1904 and in Sivan right after uh, Shavuos and he got to the port of Jaffa of Jaffa on the 8th of Tammuz Tafresh Samach 1904. When he got to Yerushalayim they, accept, they, they were macabre upon him but they told him like this you're coming looking like, uh, like a Litvak you have a short jacket I think it said in the book he had a short jacket so I don't know if he wore a kapot or not but it wasn't a Yushalmi uh, Bekisha, and he wore a regular hat. They told him, we want you to put on the Yushalmi Kaftan and a Shrimo. And he says, okay, that I agree to. And then they said to him, and your wife wears a Shaitel, and that's also not acceptable in Yushalayim. 
So he wasn't sure what to do. He went to Reb Shmuel Salant and he said, Is wearing a shaitel asr or is there only a takana in Yerushalayim? And he said, It's only a takana, I can't say it's asr. So Reb said, If you can't say it's asr, then I'm not, I can't say a word to my wife about it because I never made up with her when we got married that she has to keep this chumrah of not wearing a shaitel. And if that's, since it's not a halacha, I can't say anything to her. And I refuse. I think he said, if you want to talk to her, you could talk to her, which they weren't ready to do. Um, there was still people upset about it, and he told them, listen, I'm willing to leave Yerushalayim if that's what you want, but I'm not saying a word to my wife. This is not something that she accepted, not something I asked her to accept, and therefore I cannot say a word to her. I guess they made peace with it because he stayed. When the, uh, when the tailor's cute story came to measure for his new kaftan in Yerushalayim, he looked like a chashua person. He started talking and learning. And finally, Rabitzel said, like, what'd you come here for? He said, I, I need to measure you. He says, you're the tailor? He says, Asherecha Yerushalayim. That these are your tailors, Mamish Tamid Chachamim. In Yerushalayim, he worked very hard of raising Karen Atayra and uh, Karen Atayra Vahamusser. He had many Talmidim there. The next generations, Gedolim, some of them are famous names, Reb Zorach Braverman, Reb Tzvi Pesach Frank. Rabbi Yosef Sitzalant, the author of the Ber Yosef, a famous Geshmak uh, Chumash Sefer, Rabbi Shai and others as well. After about three years in Tafresh Samachzal in 1907, he had uh, issues with his kidneys, and um, in the end of Tammuz of Tafresh Samachzayin, he went with his wife and his son-in-law to Yafoy to go to the to the to the sea and uh, to con- con- for a convalescence over there to be mechazik to to get a little better and Itaka got a little better there, but all of a sudden on Zion of he said he wants to go back to Yerushalayim. They were telling him why do you want to go back to Yerushalayim? You're doing okay here. He insisted on in going back to Yerushalayim. When he got back to Yerushalayim, his machala his sickness become uh, became even uh, um, worse. And on Tishabov, he asked his son-in-law for the Sefer Yad Elio, and he flipped through the pages, and he found what he was looking for. And afterwards, they saw that in the Yad Elio, by his, uh, by his, um, his, his tzava, his last will and testament, he writes over there what, how to prepare for the last day in this world, the day of death, how one prepares the Seder. So they got a little, pretty nervous about that. He asked that they should daven for him by the Kaisel and to send a telegram to Slabotka. Um... As he was getting worse, he called his family, he divided up, so to speak, his Yerusha, Ma'at Asfarim, the little bit of Sfarim that he had. The Rebetzin came in, she was still a young lady, um, and uh, he told her, she said, but she was crying, what, what am I, how can I live without you? And he told her, you'll have Arichas Yamim, and all of your life you will not be lacking anything that you need. And she was Takanifter in the year Tuf Shindal in 1944, she was 85 years old, and she's also buried on Harazesim. Um, on Yud Alafav, Tafresh Samachzayin, the um, Rabitzel was Nifter. Now, we said this in the Rav Chaim Berlin share, and that is that he said in his Savah, Bigzeira, not to make any Aspedim on him, and there was a whole Shiloh, do we listen, do we not? Do we listen by a God Aladar? And Rav Shmuel Salant had said you have to listen to him, but Rav Chaim Berlin found away, and as he, they took him out, he said, he told us that we can't eulogize him, we can't give a Hespid. But besides for eulogizing, there's something called crying, Bechia. That he didn't tell us that we can't do. So Mamela, he gave his hesbit, so to speak, Belosh and Bechia. And interesting is, when they lowered him into, uh, into his cavern, Harazesim, now it's interesting, you should know that when he, I said his father is right by Shmuel Salant, on his father's Matseva they put, it's a newer Matseva, I'll post a picture, um, that they write, 
that this kever of his son is 10 rows, I think this is Lashon, 10 rows up, 30 meters to the right. They give you like directions how to get to Rebitzel. So Rebitzel's up there. Um, his Rebitzin is near him. I, I don't know, it looks like a few rows away from him. I wasn't by his Rebitzin's kever. Um, his first Rebitzin is also buried in Yerushalayim, I think on Harazesim as well, I think. But she's also buried in Yerushalayim. I saw a picture of her Matzeva. Um, so, but as they lowered him into the kever, Reb Chaim Berlin jumped into the kever before they put any dirt there, crying, and he said very cryptically, you should know who's coming, um, coming to you. Like he was talking to someone, as the, so to speak, the malachim are taking the neshama, he was telling them, you should know, someone very big is coming to you. Um, now, as we mentioned, the Sharon Reb Chaim Berlin, that during the Shiva, he came to Reb Chaim Berlin in a dream, they had made up that whoever goes first will come back and say how the din is in Shemayim. He gave him a Yashakayach that he didn't say praises about him. And he told him about the din in Shemaim. I was very harsh. And he told him, I think we mentioned this in Rechaim Berlin share, and he told him that there's a special place in Shemaim for people who learn Torah mitaychatchak. People who learn Torah um, from under uh, severe situations. Now this is one time he came back in a dream. There was another time he came back in a dream, Rebitzel, and that is when his daughter Miriam was engaged to Rav Ram Abba Goldberg, right before the chasana, this Rav Ram Abba, the chasana, got very sick, and the Chavra Kadisha was already there. And then somehow he had a miraculous recovery. And he told them, he said, that he saw his father-in-law, his future father-in-law, Rebitzel, there, and Rebitzel put his hand on him and told him, you still have time, I'm still going to see you under the chuppah with my daughter. And he got better from there. A third time we know Reb David Pavarsky, Rashiva Panovich, the father of Rebero Pavarsky, the Yibald Menchaim Lechaim, today's Rashiva Panovich. He said that when he was a bacher in Mir in Lita, one time during the Zman, Reb Yurchan Lovavitz called him over to learn with a certain bacher, Reb Avram Mishkovsky, who was an Enoch of Rebitzel, and he asked him, like, in the middle of the Zman, like, well, what's going on? And Yerucham told him because his grandfather asked me that I should uh, give extra attention to his grandson. So it seems he came and asked for that. This is the great Rebitzel Petterberger, who is known as from the biggest Bali Musser and the, the one who continued the Degel of Musser of Rebitzel Salanter. But what I learned from this year, and I hope you learned as well, that he was, besides for, from the big Bali Musser, he was an unbelievable Paisik Arav, and he's the one who's also, together with Sol Salanter, responsible for the building of Taira, that today we are enjoying all those great Gedailim of Slabodka, of the Kavna Kailal, was also his hand in them, and Navardik as well, all of that Taira, um, in building for Klai Yisrael. Schusa Yogin Aleinu Vakal Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Kaltov.